0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
1: Skepticism is not a sign that a person is wrong. It may be a sign that he is thinking.
0: Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we can bring our uncertainties to the Lord there's no question that he can't handle
1: it's okay for you to say to the Lord make yourself real to me help me with my doubts help me with my questions I certainly did that when I was a brand new believer and you know what he did and he'll do the same for you
0: Sinner's Prayer, and we become a child of God. It would be great if all our questions are immediately answered, all our doubts suddenly dispelled, and the gaps in our understanding are instantly filled in. But coming to know God and His plan for our lives is part of the privilege and challenge of living the Christian life. And today, in A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how we should feel free to approach God for help in sharpening our understanding and deepening our faith.
1: Back in our series in the Gospel of Mark, which we're calling the Gospel for Busy People. And the title of my message is A New Kind of Family. Jesus now establishes his new family of disciples. So we're going to read a list of the men that he used to change the world. Some are familiar names, others not as familiar. And they could not be more different from one another. We read about them in Mark chapter 3, verse 16. Now he appointed Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, a son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Boogenes, which means sons of thunder. There was Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed them. So, right at the top of the list, a very familiar name, Simon Peter. Apart from Jesus himself, no other name is mentioned in the New Testament more than Simon Peter. He was a central figure of Jesus three years of ministry and also for the first three years of the early church. And Jesus spent more time with Peter than anybody else. And then we have Andrew, the brother of Peter. They couldn't be any more different. If uh, Peter was like your loud uncle at the family reunion... Andrew's like the quiet cousin. While Peter's talking, Andrew's clearing the table and working behind the scenes. And now we have James and John, the fiery ones. If Peter's like your loud uncle and Andrew's your quiet cousin, these are the brothers who were always arguing. You know, they're at the family reunion. And they turn everything into a big debate. And they get very upset about things. These are the kind of people that when they post on social media, it's all in caps, right? They're always fired up about something. And that is a good description of James and John. They're described as the sons of thunder for good reason. They had fiery temperaments. On one occasion, uh, the disciples went into a village of Samaria and the people were not responsive. They were not hospitable. So James and John come to Jesus and they said, Lord, shall we call fire down from heaven on these people like Elijah did? Jesus was like, wait, what? Call fire down from heaven? And then he had to remind them what his mission was. He says, guys, uh, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy people. He came to save them. So he's saying, guys, I didn't come to toast people I came to forgive people, capiche? I mean, give me a break. But these guys were, were very full of fire and passion. And, uh, and so we've got the loud one, Simon Peter. We've got the quiet one, Andrew. We've got the fired up ones, James and John, the sons of thunder. Now we have the skeptical one, and that, of course, is Thomas. When you're at a family reunion, you know, everybody sees things a certain way, And Thomas is like that uh, relative who will say, well, I see it completely differently than the rest of you. That's just his nature. He was a guy who thought for himself. Of course, we remember Thomas because he did miss the resurrected Christ. After Jesus was uh, crucified, he rose again, and he appeared to the disciples in the upper room. And they told Thomas, hey, man, you should have been there last night. Guess who showed up? Yahoo, Thomas says. Jesus. He appeared to us. All right, yeah. Thomas says, I'll believe that when I can put my hand in the prints of the nails and put my finger into his side. Well, the next time they got together for a meeting, Thomas was there. And guess who shows up? Jesus. Well, Thomas, seeing the risen Christ, just said, My Lord and my God, and he believed on the spot. See, we call him Doubting Thomas. I don't think he was a doubter. I think he was a skeptic. And he wanted what everybody else had. He wanted to see and know for himself. And by the way, you don't have to live off somebody else's faith. It's okay for you to say to the Lord, Make yourself real to me. Help me with my doubts. Help me with my questions. I certainly did that when I was a brand new believer. I was filled with skepticism. And I said to Jesus, if you're real, you're gonna have to make yourself known to me because I have a hard time believing some of these things for myself. And you know what? He did and he does. And he'll do the same for you. Yeah, Thomas, if he didn't understand something, would talk about it out loud. One occasion in John chapter 14, Jesus said, on my father's house, or Many mansions that were not so, he would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where you go, you know, and the way you know. I think all the disciples are probably nodding and in unison in agreement. Yeah, that's deep. That is really true. And it's Thomas who says, uh, excuse me, I don't know if he raised his hand, but I have a question. Yes, Thomas. We don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. I like that. He was honest. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't rebuke him. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, skepticism is not a sign that a person is wrong. It may be a sign that he is thinking. You may have children who are pushing back on the way you've raised them in your Christian home. They have their own questions. Hey, Mom, how can I know the Bible is the Word of God? Hey, Dad, I'm grappling with this question. You're thinking, oh, what have we done? We failed our kids. No, they're thinking for themselves. They're like Thomas. So help them work through those things and help them develop their own faith.
0: Thanks for joining us on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And we've been considering a number of the Lord's disciples today as Pastor Greg presents a message called A New Kind of Family. It's part of his series, The Gospel for Busy People. Let's continue.
1: Now, I wish I had time to go into all the others that are on our list, but there's one last name that I want to end with, and that would be Judas Iscariot. So Peter's like your loud uncle. Andrew's the working behind the scenes guy. James and John are always fired up about something. Thomas is a skeptical one. Who's Judas? He's not the evil guy, you may think. You know, when we see uh, movies about Jesus or uh, religious art depicting the disciples, you can always figure out who Judas is because he looks so treacherous. He's always hiding over in the shadows all the other disciples were wearing white robes, he's got a black robe, a black leather robe with the collar turned up, wearing sunglasses, right? Not really, but you get the idea. Oh, that's Judas. That is not the way Judas appeared. He appeared as the most virtuous of the lot. Judas is sort of like your self-righteous relative who's always moralizing, judging, and putting others down. And one day you find out he is the biggest hypocrite of them all. Judas is the literal definition of a hypocrite. Now I don't think we even know what the word hypocrite means. We throw it around a lot. We say someone who claims to be a Christian and slips up, that's hypocrisy. That's not hypocrisy, that's humanity, Every one of us as followers of Jesus mess up, we make mistakes, we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing, hopefully we own it and admit it. That's not a hypocrite. A hypocrite literally defined as an actor. It's a performer. It's a person who is pretending to be something they are not. And that was Judas. He appeared to be the most virtuous guy of all when in reality he was the most wicked. Here's a perfect example. All the disciples were gathered together for a meal, and we read how Mary began to wipe the feet of Jesus with some very expensive perfume, and the fragrance filled the air. Uh, So this perfume that she wiped his feet with, because she was given an insight into the fact that Christ was going to go suffer and die on the cross, she wanted to do something extravagant something next level, something to demonstrate to Jesus how much she loved him. So this was probably a family heirloom worth thousands and thousands of dollars. So she's anointing the feet of Jesus with this beautiful, fragrant perfume. And Judas says, that perfume is worth a small fortune. It could have been sold and the money given to the poor. The other disciples probably nodded in unison and said, you know, that's, that's true, Judas. And Mary, I don't know if that was the good stewardship to waste that perfume in the feet of Jesus, but then we're given this little detail in the Gospel of John in John 12, 6. Judah said that not because he cared for the poor. He said it because he was a thief and he was in charge of the disciples' funds and he took some for his own use. Wow. So at the moment he appeared to be the most virtuous, he was actually the most wicked. And it's this greed for money that destroyed the life of Judas Iscariot. Let's not forget he sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And how did he betray Christ? With a handshake? With a pat on the back? Oh no, you know the answer. He betrayed him with a kiss. He told the religious rulers, the one that I kiss, He's the one you're looking for. So there in the Garden of Gethsemane, here's Jesus and Judas approaches him and kisses him. And in the original language, it's implied he kissed him over and over again, not just a peck on the cheek. He kissed him like, oh, I love you so much, Jesus. But he was just identifying Christ so he could be arrested. He was the worst kind of hypocrite out there. But you wanna know something amazing? If Judas had repented of his sin Jesus would have forgiven him even there but he was never part of God's family he could have been but he was a wicked man listen we can all be a part of God's family you say how do you do that well you're born into the family of God oh you're saying you have to be raised in a Christian home no not at all you need to be born again into the family of God Jesus said you must be born again. So when you turn from your sin and you ask God to forgive you, you become a part of God's family. The Bible says, for as many as received him, he gave them the power to become sons of God. So you can be in this incredible family of God no matter what you've done. Maybe you relate to one of the people I've talked about in this message. Maybe you're like Simon Peter and You walk with the Lord for a time but you messed up and you failed and you sinned and in the case of Peter, he denied three times that he knew Jesus but he was forgiven or maybe you're like Thomas, you believe but you've had your doubts or or you're like some of the others who have had setbacks but Jesus loved every one of these men. He loved every one of these women that followed him and he loves you and if you're part of his family, he wants to maintain Fellowship with you. you know when we're sinning against God, we don't break off relationship, we break off fellowship. You're still in the family, you're just not communicating and it's because we've broken communication down by our sin, but the Bible says that we'll confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and communication can be restored. Maybe I'm talking to somebody right now that wants to join God's family. Somebody right now that maybe doesn't have a family to speak of. Now, I mentioned that uh, we all have a family. I had a pretty dysfunctional family growing up. My mother was married and divorced seven times and was a raging alcoholic. Uh, I had a very unstable upbringing, but when I became a Christian, I joined God's family. And suddenly I found. Brothers and sisters, I did not know that I had that were fellow believers in Jesus Christ, and God can do the same for you. Uh, Last uh, weekend for Harvest at Home, someone watched the service, and they wrote me this little note, and I'm reading it now. She says, I just watched your message on Harvest, and it brought me tears of joy, I needed to hear what you said. You answered all of my questions and it brought me so much peace because I prayed that prayer and I'm looking forward to heaven when that day comes. Thank you for sharing that today. Praise Jesus. She says, when I prayed that prayer. What prayer? The same prayer that I'm gonna lead you in right now. A prayer where you will say to God, you're sorry for your sin and you want Christ to come into your life and you wanna become a part of God's family. If you don't know right now that your sin is forgiven, if you don't know with certainty right now that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you're not sure if you're in the family of God, you can join our family right here, right now, wherever you are, and I'll lead you in a simple prayer. I've mentioned multiple times that Jesus went to that cross and died for our sin. Three days later, he rose again from the dead, and now he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. So listen, if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want to join God's forever family, or if you failed and you want to recommit your life to the Lord, I'll lead you in a simple prayer, similar to the prayer that this young lady prayed with me last weekend. And this can be a transforming moment in your life where Christ comes to live inside of you. Pray this prayer after me. In fact, you could pray it out loud right now if you like. Just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Now I put my faith in you and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer for those making a change today in their relationship with the Lord. And if you've just joined Pastor Greg in prayer and have asked Jesus to be your Saviour, we'd love to offer you some help free of charge. We'd love to send you some resources that'll help you in your new relationship with the Lord. It's something we call our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you as well. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME and ask for the New Believers Growth Packet. Well, next time, more from Pastor Greg's series in the Gospel of Mark called The Gospel for Busy People we'll discuss what Pastor Greg calls the golden key to spiritual growth. That's next time on A New Beginning. The day, the day now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called A New Kind of Family. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 5011